Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 220, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast uh, where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, January 18th, 2022, uh, which of course means that it is National Michigan Day. Oh, shout out the hands, the gloves, yeah, whatever yeah. y'all call it. The mitt, you know? whatever. The everything. Yeah. Shout out University of Michigan, my favorite basketball shorts of all time. Yeah, those were good ones. Yeah. Favorite, favorite uh, just style among a starting oh, yeah. five. Was there people on the on the team who didn't rock that style? Like, because I remember they had like some dudes who were you know seniors on the team who mm-hmm. were I don't I'm guessing they didn't like wear baggy shorts. They were like big dorky white yeah, guys. They- or when they did, it just looked so bad. They're like, I'm just going to go back to the <laughs> You room. know what? I'm just going to actually go back to the I don't have room. the calf definition of Jalen. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. When I find myself in times of trouble, I hear the words of Christopher Key speaking <laughs> words of pistom. <laughs> drink your pee. And in my hour of COVID, he is <laughs> ranting right in front of me. Speaking words of wisdom, drink your pee, drink your pee, drink your pee, drink your pee, now drink your pee, take it with a grain of salt, but drink your pee. That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man, and I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I'm healthy because I drank on pee, drank on pee, drank pee. Okay, shout out to Randall Dixon Art for giving me the high road for that falsetto to land on (laughs) to the tune of Take On Me. Aha, drink aha, the pee. Yeah, the pee drinking continues. The sound that you make when you drink your pee. (laughs) Aha. (laughs) 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 The lip smack. I mean, anybody who's disappointed by our insistence on talking about this continually had had the wrong idea about this show. Because that's... I mean, All we need on. is a news item to bring in excretions into the conversation. Come selling all of the above. It's yeah. done. Sorry, well, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a comedian, producer, and Emmy-nominated writer who hosts the hilarious Los Angeles-based comedy show Funnelingus. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Ellery Smith! Thank you. Hi. Hi, hi. Welcome. Thank you, and hi. Thank you, Thank you, and, and, wow. and well, you're hi. welcome, and wow, wow. hello. Uh, what's, what's new? What's new, Ellery? What's, uh, what's um, the Not vibes? too much, just hanging, you know, sort cool. of, there's sort of a COVID slump in LA right now, so not too much stand-up going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Is there, is there like a barometer for LA stand-up where you're kind of like, okay, if this show's going on, we're good, or if this show's off, then that's a good indication, or it's kind of like everything's its, its own It's so hard world. to tell now. It's really is sort of every man for itself, whereas like before, there was a little more sort of like guidance and now that mm. there's no guidance and the government is just like you can google a test basically right. it's whatever you feel comfortable with right right gotcha so not because yeah, that's not yeah. preferred right i saw like people some being like yeah i'll be at this indoor place and i'm like, yeah oh. i'm doing outdoor stuff right now right but if it's too big i don't know i've also canceled some outdoor stuff it's really weird i'm oh, hoping wow. by february things might be a little bit more back to normal 
Yeah, mm. whatever. <laughs> and by normal, we mean just a, a yeah. more familiar version of hell. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I do yeah, like I saw COVID this tweet. Too. Yeah, I saw this tweet that was like, I had no idea comedy was going to turn into a, a seasonal sport. Right. <laughs> right. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Oh yeah, yeah come that's that's spring. That's a spring sport. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it will be like a summer sport. Right. For Ugh. sure. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it's, the solution seems so simple yet like, like like you're saying we're being told, "Uh, Google ever heard of it?" We're like, "Uh, <laughs> oh, you're the presidential administration ever heard of that?" That's the thing. And then it's also it's like there are things to be done that seem like just basic public good public health policy like common sense, good public health policy. Right. Like the free covid test at first, at first, the messaging was like, if you have insurance, you can get reimbursed through your insurance. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what if about you the, have insurance, if you have insurance, <laughs> what about the millions of like frontline workers who do not have insurance? Should have like, worked harder. Yeah. yeah, that's that exactly. really is sort of like the subtext there. Yeah. Yep. Or yeah, just yeah. kind of not even sub. It's almost like it's tax. You know, even when they're like, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Some of those people are going to get burnt out. It's like, yeah. wow, how the pendulum yeah. has swung all the way the other way. Mm. It's uh, like, yeah, we went from we thank our essential workers to like Ivan Drago. What do you say? If, he's, if, if he, he dies, dies he, he dies. Yeah. yeah. That was a little on the nose. I'm going to say in retrospect, that probably not what he would have said at that moment <laughs> as a uh, professional <laughs> athlete. Right. But it is what our president's saying to us now. Yeah. Just needed you another die, 40 years of history. All right. Well, Ellery, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, we are going to talk about just the complete, utter fuckery of the government and its inability to distribute COVID tests. Just do, do anything, really. So we'll talk about just the administration in general, how they're doing on health care things. First, we're going to talk about the Oath Keepers. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about the Scream franchise. It's back. We we're going to talk about guilty pleasures. The queen revealed her guilty pleasure, and it, it sucks. It's not a good guilty pleasure. So I just want to talk about that phenomenon of people whose guilty pleasures are things that I would be, like, proud of and tell people that I had done. And then, yeah, uh, maybe we can talk about our own guilty pleasures. Yeah. All of that, plenty more. But first, Ellery, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? This week, I I was looking up the Waffle House Index, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. which is like the informal FEMA scale mm -hmm. that says if a wa it like basically uses Waffle Houses being opened or closed to help determine how much aid might be needed in a space after a natural disaster. Yeah. Because like Waffle Houses don't close unless it's serious. Yeah. Right. Unless yeah, like yeah. everything's in, if the, unless the house will literally blow away. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the Wikipedia yeah. article goes into like Waffle Houses after Hurricane Katrina. And that's when like the FEMA, it's really informal. It's just like whatever. Right. In, yeah. But they just I, take I a look that, like, and see how many yellow signs are lit up. Yeah. Exactly. Like, okay, exactly. We're, we're good over okay, here. Okay. We can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone like referenced the thing. It's like, oh, so my Waffle House went takeout only. They're like, that's yes. how I know well, okay, Omicron's so that's what bad. got me on it is right. that tweet that was right. like, yeah, Waffle House is takeout only. You know, it's bad again. Right. And I, I remembered like reading about the Waffle House index years ago. So I was just like, boop, 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 Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, that's not good. 
that yeah, <laughs> well, in LA, like, Waffle Houses yeah. are like, I guess we have to take this one seriously. What's the LA version? We were like, oh man, Creation Juicery is closed. <laughs> Shakey's Pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Shakey's Pizza would be. Although I feel like Shakey's Pizza is usually closed somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know. Or at least yeah, they appear yeah. to be closed. It's, it's not They're apparent always in the middle from the of outside. Robbed. Yeah. It's not apparent <laughs> from the outside if they're open, closed, or in the middle of an armed robbery. That's what I, yeah. That's what I love about it. Shakey's, the lights are off or whatever. Like, no, I think they're closed on a Friday night, yeah. but then you open it, it's a full party in there. You're like, oh shit, okay. I yeah. drove by somebody literally at 10 a.m. eating in a Shakey's pizza. Mm. And I was just like, the, my man knows what he wants. You yeah. should have stopped Mojo's. and painted it. It would have been the new version of Nighthawks. It was pretty gorgeous. I was. It was sort of like accidental Renaissance painting. Yeah. <laughs> the light so was like falling onto his face. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> fucking new Nighthawks. Shakey's. Shakey's. Shakey's regional, right? Like Shakey's doesn't exist elsewhere. I thought it was also in Colorado. Okay. Maybe because isn't there like a South Park episode where they go? Maybe. Yeah. It was. I think. I mean, I know it's in Japan. There's, they have shakies in Japan. Wow. Really? Yeah, because I was like, that are I affected know. by earthquakes, maybe. No, <laughs> I, they were they were affected by a post-war uh, occupation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I always heard people talk shit talk shit about Shakey's Pizza on podcasts before I lived out here, and then when I came out and got to see it. With mine own eyes, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this place is even shittier than I could have possibly imagined. <laughs> like, it, it makes uh, fucking Chuck E. Cheese look like the Ritz. It's, yeah. Well, it's yeah, but it's they scaled back because yeah. now they're only in California, Washington, I think, in the U.S. Also, not to uh, stand on Jamie's corner too much, but Chuck E. Cheese. Pretty fucking great. <laughs> it's I went Pizza. to during it. the pandemic. Jamie famously had a birthday party there pre-pandemic, but yeah. during the pandemic, they were operating as like a regular restaurant, so that people would keep buying the food. Right. So like you could go onto Postmates, and it would be like Chester's Italian, oh, yeah. and it was actually Chuck right. E. Cheese trying to sell like whatever the chicken Chester's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the I went to a birthday party there for a. Uh, child child <laughs> and it was not before <laughs> yeah not jamie and it was before they just had it before it opened to the public and it was like in a uh, downtime for covid and it was awesome it was yeah, really cool. really good and the pizza it's was called really pasquale's good. pizza and pasquale's. Wings. Yeah. pasquale's what is uh what's something you think is overrated ellery i think the holidays are overrated okay mm. And yeah. like, oh, you mean like the year end holiday? Like those, the happy Not holidays? all holidays. Some holidays are cool. 420 rips, but no. like Christmas, I think is overrated. Yeah. I would say like winter holidays are overrated. Okay. Well, like, what's, what about it? Well, my birthday is in December, first of all. So mm. that's a lot of competition. Yep. Mm. And then it's also like a lot of pressure to sort of be happy, have a good time. It sucks being cold, being around your family. I mean, I'm sure some people like being around their family, but I think for most of us as adults, it can be stressful or worse, like really triggering. And then also traveling. I hate Mm -hmm. traveling is like not a vacation. It's very stressful. And then having to stay with like family members for a week. Right. Yeah. Or or turning like what used to be a quick flight into like an eight hour car ride to be safe. And I'm like, no, no, no. Exactly. I don't like to be in a car this long. Like, I know it's easy, but I just can't. I'm not built for the long road trips. Well, you're a tall guy, too. Thank you so much. Yes. (laughs) Don't even get me started on the back pain. I'm trying to drive a tiny little car. 
Yeah, I think my new beat is going to be trains. I want to start taking the train places yeah. instead of flying. Because I just am like fucking so done with flying. I feel like, especially after the pandemic, things have gotten so weird at airports and on airplanes. Yeah, and like people are not in their best, you know, mind space. Yo, did I tell you about the JetBlue flight I was on over coming back from New York after the Thanksgiving break? No. This man it was the most chaotic scene on a flight i didn't like something was happening that we were all like what's going on like we, we constantly saw like the flight crew like huddling up and then this woman like someone was talking to the flight crew then this woman came down the aisle without a mask Uh-oh. and the flight was like <laughs> miss you have to put your mask back on and she was just like waving them off like i don't give sovereign citizen get the fuck out my way and just went into the bathroom and then everyone was like Like she was holding up the takeoff because she was in the bathroom and they're like, I think this anti-masker is trying to hold the flight up by like basically staying in the bathroom. Mm. And it turned out to be like this woman was just like in another like health situation. But like the tension on the flight became so palpable. Yeah. Like it was anti-maskers or someone was doing the bathroom. It was it ended up being a woman who was like stumped, like was legit just having stomach (laughs) issues. Yeah. And I was like shitting But yeah, that tension, (laughs) like it does feel like at any moment everyone's like on a plane being like about to pop off. Should yeah, it was also just like the being trapped there. There was a woman who was kicked off my flight, um, maybe like just before Thanksgiving, I was going somewhere because she wouldn't stop texting. And then the flight attendant was like, turn off your phone. And she, she was like, you're being so weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what she told the I flight attendant. And she, was like, All right. and she ended up getting kicked off. And it was so weird. It was so strange that's so weird <laughs> it, that was so weird i was like ma'am you're the one being really weird actually yeah. the rest of us are being totally normal <laughs> right but also i do i i know a flight attendant and i i feel like they have a quicker trigger right now like not he's he's told me this it's not like i'm like he's a real asshole yeah. right now <laughs> yeah. he's been like he's yeah been like we're not having it right now <laughs> so like don't yeah yeah, yeah. and that's Totally understandable, and anybody who's flying should, like, be going in with the mindset of these poor people just, like, do anything to brighten their day and lighten their load because it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, like, giving, like, the flight attendants Molly. I'm like, hey, yeah. man, when you get to your hotel, man, just do this Molly. Me, <laughs> me hitting my off. weed pen for the whole flight, being like, right. ma'am, would you like some? <laughs> it's That's an right. indica, so it'll yeah. kind of get you in your head. Right. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. the I love the mean girl tactic of that woman on your flight, Ellery, who's like as if she's talking to another girl in to high a school. Teenager. She's bullying. She talked, yeah. she literally talked to the flight attendant like she was a te- she was like, You're being so weird. Like I right. like, that's so embarrassing for you. And this lady right. was like, What? What? <laughs> no, I'm talking this is a FAA regulation. Literally, fuck she's around, like, we have a gun on board. <laughs> <Right. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like I don't know. It seems like everyone was right, because you know, like nobody likes you. Yeah, 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 she was definitely right. trying what? to gaslight the flight attendant into yeah. being right. like, "I'm do this all the time. It's not that big <laughs> yeah, of a deal." Honey. Right? Yeah. Oh my god. You need to come harder than that. Yeah. <laughs> were Were her parents with her, being like, "No, she was alone. Text. Just let her." Text. Yeah, just, just she does this all the time. Yeah, it's just easier it's okay. if you don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah what yeah. is something you think is underrated? This is also sort of related to the holidays, but I've been thinking a lot about the USPS. Uh, I'm mm. like. I'm seeing a lot of sort of not venomous anger, but a lot of anger just about like shipping delays and like holiday gifts not arriving in time. And I feel like the USPS needs our understanding and support and they're underrated and they're like the last great American institution. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 
they're like they've overtaken firefighters uh, seriously in terms of, like, public seriously. servants that i'm like I'll, I'll fuck with them heavy yeah and also fire departments started as p- private like enterprises for citizens who could pay and the right. usps was always for everybody yeah yeah it's a miracle that they exist, but they've existed for so yeah, long that but I'm people also are like, just like, yeah, whatever. Republicans have spent like the better part of legitimately 50 years trying to make it impossible, like just defund them and make sure that they can't work so that eventually they can privatize it all. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole Lewis DeJoy situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that totally worked on me when I was a kid. And like, I feel like the whole narrative was like, capitalism is the only thing that works. Look at the yeah, post the office. The line done. is so long. Yeah. Try and like do anything with like a gov- government assistance. And it's like, yeah, there's like you have intentionally defunded them to the point that, so that they uh, can't operate. Yeah, so they can't operate. And then they still manage to exist and like do a fine job yeah and the same is true of the dmv too right yeah yeah exactly it's yeah because i also look at too like there's like it's doubly cruel too because a lot of veterans work for the postal service so it's like yeah man we may have fucked you over when we deployed you and hey we're gonna also make this job (laughs) a lot harder for you too because we we love the troops yeah and all the people who help uh, americans just do their daily business also one of the last jobs that you can go and get a retirement and pension that doesn't have to do with state violence like isn't the military isn't a cop it's like one of the last jobs you can get that's like unionized mm. yeah that's pretty fucking cool Glad we <laughs> have meanwhile they're like to joy still he's still running shit? he's still there yeah, yeah he's still like, there right tar- speaking mm-hmm. of biden's just like not doing shit like this how is that motherfucker still there he was well, hired because- to like cheat to make it so you lost the election, fool. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the other part is that it's hard. Is like there's a there's like a board of people that decide, you know, whether he's there, and like they have to completely remake the like the the makeup of this board for the postal service to get the votes to oust DeJoy. So it's a very like it's a very kind of complicated thing, or not complicated if you're the president and you actually you know exert your will as president to make things happen. But that's another time <laughs> i'd make it happen miles okay that's all i'm saying when it would president. be easy okay executive privilege <laughs> you're being yeah. weird you'll, you'll, you'll go telling me it. how things work uh, right <laughs> annoying yeah because <laughs> yeah, i mean it's just it he the thing is the, the way by would have to do it is he has to get what it's the board of governors the usps board of governors he'd have to be like you're fucking out mm. and that I think they're like, it's going to look political. It's like, well, they put in a fucking saboteur yeah. in there right, for political right. reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like such a good, I guess, example of why that stuff is so hard because it, him undoing it is is political, but it was mm-hmm. politically done in the first place. So there's no way to undo it without being like, well, like that's an agenda. Right. right. It's they. It's so frustrating that. Yeah, it, it's it will look political. That is the game that you're playing. That and the other side, while they will criticize you for like looking political, it's just because they know that works. But they are like proudly, oh, the openly yeah. the worst openly. about it. Like yeah. just aggressively. It's just so strange that. Well, it's just like the two parties are playing by completely different rules, and like right. at this point, it's really only hurting the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just. It's been a lot to take in lately. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's again, like even to conf- get people on the board, it needs Senate confirmation. 
You know, there's like every single thing. And then, uh, yeah, back to Detroit. I mean, let's not forget the amount of like stock he holds in like a direct competitor to the. Yeah, he like basically owns part of FedEx or whatever. Yeah, it's something like XPO logistics or some shit. But yeah, that's it's like so fucking it's I mean, it's so American, really, to be honest. It's like, oh, yeah, the guy who's working there will benefit from its collapse. Mm -hmm. Which is like what I've been thinking a lot about also lately is like, is there any way to like. And I think the answer is no. But like, is there any way to sort of like unsuture or unwind like America from capitalism? Because it's so ingrained in everything, even in like our art. Yeah. And it's like, how do how do we move like not just away, but forward? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a question many people have asked about. But, you know, it's funny. There was like that one tweet where they're you know, they're talking about how. You know, the CDC had changed like COVID quarantine guidelines to shorten it because they said 10 days. I'm like, that could grind the, the bring the U.S. economy to a halt. Oh, hall. yeah. And someone tweeted like, well, it stands to reason a general strike for about 10, 10 days, days might have them <laughs> on their knees. Capitalism right. is what? really showing its hand accidentally. Yeah. But I think that's the it's the organizational part and also giving people the imagination part, I think, is it's always the hardest bit because. Yeah, letting people know they can and then also making sure. Because 10 days is not that long of a time, but it also it is. So, like, no matter what, you need to make sure that there are mutual aid sort of organizations in place that can support people who can't take 10 days off. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I can't believe the name of the company is XPO Logistics. That's like that. (laughs) That's like the name of FedEx in the RoboCop universe. (laughs) Right. Like like Verhoeven would. It's the evil fake name. XPO Logistics. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the evil version of FedEx. Anyways, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about other shit. And we're back. And Oath Keepers are a thing. I think I had heard that name a number of times yes. around January 6th last year, but mm-hmm. the government has finally charged them. Yeah. If um, you're unfamiliar, they're the merry band of chuds that take their constitutional oath to protect the country from enemies both foreign and domestic. Seriously. Mm. But they mostly stress the domestic part. And that's why they've convinced themselves that right wing terror is actually a positive force in this country. Mm. But you know, it, they were pretty stoked at overthrowing the government on Jan 6th. And you may have remembered those clips, if, you know, that were pretty deeply unsettling. If if you got really into, like, watching a lot of January 6th videos, of you'd see, like, a group of uniformed guys in tactical gear marching in a stack, like, sort of one behind the other with a hand on their shoulder, going up the Capitol steps, moving in a very coordinated way. And you're like, uh, there seem to be really coordinated like paramilitary elements to this, not just, you know, the people who are, you know, there for a peaceful protest or whatever you want to say. Or maybe you remember that there was a group of them. This is another story from January 6th that had a cache of weapons that were being readied just outside of D.C. in the event that it was time for bang bangs and mass death, that they were going to just drive in a bunch of weapons to the rest of the Oath Keepers to take the 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 insurrection to the next level well the doj J came knocking last week for 11 members including their 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 leader and charged them with seditious conspiracy to quote oppose by force the lawful transfer of presidential power unfortunately they had you know all of their signal messages uh were basically handed over to the feds and 
it made the case pretty easy since they were being really clear about what the intent was and what people were doing. Didn't they copy and paste that text that makes it so that nobody can use any of the words you're using on social media? They did. (laughs) I do not agree. I do not consent to my signal message. Yeah. Dude, oh, wow. Their 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 leader even did this dumb shit where he's like he would write in cursive very specific plans that he didn't <laughs> want to type out and then upload a picture because he said if it's in cursive like the text scanning analysis software like won't be able to pick up what oh we're saying. Gosh. But asshole, what you've done is just created evidence in your fucking in your handwriting. handwriting. <laughs> like it would have been easier to be like, ah, some asshole got a hold of my phone and was using signal like a jerk. You're like, no, man, you're there's you're giving us a lot of forensic evidence here to say that you were very much a part of this and planning it. Also, who still knows how to write in cursive? I guess maybe some yeah, Yale just law for graduates. This. Yeah. Jack? Oh, oh, don't it was it last year or like when the enrollment signups for I think it was maybe Oath Keepers or three percenters and a bunch of people had signed up with their government emails. Oh, really? Do you oh, remember? It was they were like five cops right. who signed up with like dot gov emails. Yeah. Right. Good for them. People are pointing out the Yale log rat, the leader who has an eye patch, but otherwise looks exactly like you would expect them to look. He's a Yale log rat, which is becoming less and less surprising. Like at this point, like oh, we, I don't think that's surprising at all. Yeah, it's we like have like very a, much like <laughs> skull and crossbones behavior. Yeah, it's right. like Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas. How many war criminals went to Yale law? <laughs> I know it's they're really. Are they like the Federalist Society? Are they, do they, how do, what's the feeling in Yale Law? They're supposed to be, I guess, the best law school in the country. Yeah, but if you think about institutions like that, they basically all are like born through white supremacy. Right. Like anything that ancient in this country is going to have a serious, yeah. you know, reckoning with their behavior during those years and like what it means for students to even go through and graduate those programs. And, like, who created the programs to begin with? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, all those sort of, like, like Kennedy School of Government yeah. or, or Harvard Business School or Yale Law School, they're all, like, earth fucker finishing school. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, now go on and fuck the earth over. <laughs> Be well and come back with many, many dollars you will not share. The Sackler School of Medicine. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, how people are finding COVID tests, because uh, at the end of last week, Joe Biden had some suggestions for it was actually kind of a pretty profound idea. He had apparently just found out about Google. Mm -hmm. And as people were complaining about not being able to find tests anywhere, he suggested they Google it. So nailed it. Nailed it, Joe. Well done, sir. Go take a nap. But they're also Kamala, right? I think they each said, and I think also Jen said it. I think the three of them in different oh, ways. Oh, every okay. I so think everybody. A, that's like the a triumvirate. Yeah, I think that's like the PR line. <laughs> they but came it's together. So fucking, it's so fucking rude to be like Google is free. Yeah, and condescending. Yeah, really. So condescending. What is this? Also not free. Also, also yeah. not free. Also, not everybody has internet access. And also, this is exactly what's wrong with the entire worldview that they. Like the whole reason this is never going to work, their whole thing is because they are still like multi-trillion dollar companies are going to save us all. But it's we like we, can we win saw by people working destroy, with them. Like during the pandemic, when things were not as bad, we saw tests be destroyed because it was like to have an overstock meant that the price would go down. And so it was bad for companies. So private companies destroyed a 
ton of tests that we now need. Right. Yeah. Hey, but now, now they're making money. And yeah, the, the, the tone of it is like, do Google again shows like they think the other the rest of Americans are at the same like socioeconomic education bracket as like their staff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just do Google. OK, do like Google. that's that's a directive. You I could hear someone who's like a staffer get rather than working people who have no Internet access or, you know, uh, or don't have time to like click 8000 links and find which <laughs> right. ones work and which ones don't and which ones are close. Right. right. And which ones are and sold which out. Ones are bunk. It's yes. It really seems to me like their understanding of Google, like they're actually the people who are making this decision to make this an official recommendation are people who have only seen search engines used in movies where like you just type <laughs> in a thing and there's and one the answer. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like, there it is. Minority report. Like, and there's yeah, no like yeah. SEO. Yeah, there's no ads. SEO. There, it's not buried <laughs> under like 800 ads and like people who are like burying the good results because it's more profitable yeah. to them to get their fucking search results higher. It's such a dumb, but like like 1996 Clintonian understanding yeah. of like, well, you know, the best, this massive company is going to do the best job. And because of well, the I'm profit like, principle, we're good. We're, it seems to me that a lot of us are fundly mis, fundamentally misunderstanding like what a government is for. Like if this is not what a government of, is for, what are they for? Right. Like it's a, if, if yeah. nothing else, like what does it exist for? Why are we all paying taxes? What are we like obeying oh, the structure for? Yeah, if, it's, if, it's if a it's, revolving door for defense and pharmaceutical companies. That is exactly <laughs> it. I'm like pissed <laughs> off about it because it's like, okay, so I'm I'm funding right some like airstrike mm -hmm. for some you know w civilian wedding, mm -hmm. and I can't get a COVID test in fucking England who has or, its own problems. They get you know right. whatever twenty free tests a month. Yeah, you're actually funding move the production of movies like. Uh, let's see, Zero Dark Thirty and Transformers too. Let's not forget the hand that the CIA, CIA played in making that film or the money and access the DOD gave to people to make Transformers. That's also coming like out of our fucking tax dollars. So yeah, there is a lot. This whole thing is, it does feel perverse. And I think because of the years that have gone by, people aren't, have completely lost sort of track. Like, cause I remember even too, like civics class in high school, that really gave me no fundamental understanding of like what the relationship was between government and what it needs to do for me. It was more like, can you name the branches of the government? Do you know what the state legislature is? Okay, bye. Right. Yeah. Well, I, they yeah. sort of have a vested interest in you not knowing. Damn. I did join the <laughs> Marines after watching Transformers and I was right. so disappointed, was you guys. It did yeah. not, was not what i expected cool. i was not what they were hoping for either so it was pretty it was over pretty quickly you're like when do i meet bumblebee <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is what? this dude <laughs> yeah. you're telling dude, me megan fox isn't here yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but so th they did announce like a plan i'm putting in quotes but it's basically to get private insurers to cover the cost of eight at-home coronavirus tests per member per month which would be great if everyone had insurance and if we could find take-home tests. Yeah, which... I could buy three PS5s before I could get you absolutely before I could. get three COVID yeah. tests. Yeah, the, so people are actually using the PS5. Like, 
when PS5s were incredibly hard still, to find. Still, and still, still. Very in hard. those long ago days when PS5s were <laughs> uh, hard to find, uh, people, you know, have been creating networks and programs to help find them and like platforms and just social media accounts that like let you know, okay, this is where they have them. And now those are being converted or expanded to let you know where tests are. <laughs> Which is wild, right? That we're, we took something that was a way to help like aggregate and give disseminate information around the availability of a gaming console that was sought after. And we've now, we're now swapping that out for critical medical infrastructure. <laughs> There's this, uh, onion like kind of ripoff site hard drive that. You know, not I don't know. I've never heard of it before today, so I don't know. They might be fucking brilliantly talented, but they do the same thing as The Onion, do fake headlines. And they did a fake headline. U.S. government reaches agreement with Wario 64 to announce COVID vaccine availability because Wario 64 (laughs) was somebody who like let you know where consoles were. And then like days later, that account started tweeting available vaccine appointments. Right. That's oh, it's that's also just such a good summary of where we are that like, you know, the overlap yeah. between absurdity and satire and just reality at this point. It's well, yeah. and it's and it's be, it's come to a place that it's become so predictable that the logic of humorists and writers is basically they're like, what? Next thing you know, it's going to be this. And you're like, no, you're right. Yeah, it's it is predictable. that. Yeah. It is that is what's happening. And the next thing will be that people are, you know, who knows what the next thing will be. It's like, I don't know, man, can you find food? Check out check it out in the in the Wario 64 Twitter account. Right. I mean, it's on one hand, obviously very dystopian. But on the other hand, I think it's a really good example of like the ways that we can keep ourselves safe and the ways right. that like obviously huge governmental failure. So disappointing. Wish it wasn't like that. But it's wonderful to see like things born out of necessity like that Mm -hmm. and also to know that we can build those networks and like without the government we shouldn't have to yeah but a lot of this will will fall to us and has been falling to us not even like this is not a new think about like the community fridge program like this is not a new concept by any by any stretch of the imagination it's just the the pandemic has laid bare you know so many of these things in a continuation of like the natural radicalization process that's occurring in every industry too because People normally be like, are they fucking serious? Like, they're trying to fucking kill me? Right. Like, with this shit? Nah, fuck that. And suddenly it's like, you know, like, viva la revolucion. But it's like the students are walking out of high schools because students are like, I'm not going in a classroom. The teacher's like, we're not going in a classroom. I saw the Chicago stuff today. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. That's great. And also, yeah. I guess the students that walked out are asking for an apology to teachers and the teachers union. Yeah. it's. Which I thought was great. But again, like, we're making... we're. The, the the responsibility for people to like take action is now falling in the weirdest places like and it's not they're making activists out of so many people. So maybe that could be a, a long term benefit in terms of people really seeing the bullshit that, you know, these systems actually are. But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the other way that the Biden administration is turning towards private mega corporations, in in addition to like working only with private insurance companies, they and suggesting we use Google, they're actually working with Google to help people access tests. It's unclear how they're planning to do that. But 
it's extra frustrating because Google is one of many like massive corporations that are hoarding rapid tests. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, Google employees can receive as many as 20 tests per month, and Google staff are literally using their pre-tests on their children so they can go to daycare because daycare is not a multi-billion dollar software company and, you know, they have no tests. So, right. but yeah, it's just, you know, massive corporations are, are the ones that can afford stuff and they're becoming the only ones that can afford stuff or have access to stuff. Yeah. I'm really, well, I would love to hear what these ideation sessions sound like when they're, they're, they're be- like doing this balancing act of like, how are we going to get these tests to people? We got to get more tests. Is there just one guy like vaping in the back? Who's like, dude, call fucking Google, man. And like, they'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and... there's a Google lobbyist in the room who's like, I think yeah, we can work something out if you guys mention us enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's also, it's like, we have so much money for other things and there's never any discussion about where that money is going to come from. This is a point that's been made over and over again. But like, our country does have so much. We have like, you know, raised how much money we give the IDF every year for the last 10 years. But Mm -hmm. there's no money for COVID tests. So it's just like, "Mm, what are our priorities here? Yeah, the priorities are profit every time. Always, over everything, even if it's in the long run more expensive. And then that also goes back to the idea that it's like, I think a lot of us don't understand. Like, I think everybody in America thinks the government is a business. And like that the government exists to (laughs) make money. And it's like services don't need to make money. They're services. They're services. Mm -hmm is why they exist. <laughs> the debt ceiling, Ellery. How are they going to deal with the debt ceiling? Oh, me. I don't yeah. give a shit about <laughs> know, the debt ceiling. exactly. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys even talking Michael about? Michael Bay is making a January 6th film that we need to help co-produce, you know? <laughs> I thought that was real for two songs. <laughs> I know. I thought you were just giving us a news break. <laughs> me too, me no, too, no, yeah. Too. If But if, hey, but again... <laughs> the absurdity becomes reality, so buckle up. You know what I mean? Like you, It's hard to tell. Yeah. Your dramatization of the guy in the back of the room vaping and being like, call Google, like really right. drove home because that is, you know, all the people who work at Google are, you know, went to some Ivy school with the kids who are working in the Biden administration. And like right. that's it's. Yeah, it does feel like it kind of goes back to that whole just what a fucked place well, like all these like, Ivy League schools are. I mean, I'm not a fucking logistics expert, but just from my, you know, c- civilian view, it's like I know, you know, post offices seem like localized distribution centers yeah. and we seem to be getting I don't know how y'all do it, but everybody gets the same fucking bed bath and beyond ad. Right. Maybe holler at them, maybe start there and you can say yeah, we know we have a we have every re- residence mapped out as a post office. Right, we can we can do that, but uh, you know I get it. It's profit and Google, folks, Google. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So the the queen in a belated effort to uh, appeal to the people i think uh, <laughs> let her chef <laughs> be interviewed about what her like diet is like what he cooks for her wait what did this happen this week uh i don't know when it happened miles i don't i'm like is this a perfectly timed uh prince andrew smoke bomb right <gasps> very oh. very easily could be 
I think right. just generally they've been aware that they ha- they have a perception problem. Although, <laughs> did, didn't I read somewhere that, like, I'm asking you guys, didn't I read somewhere that uh, they watch The Crown? Like, they watch every episode of The Crown. Oh, I think I've actually heard that also. I think Meghan Markle said that. That's wild. But anyways, I do think they know they have a perception problem because one of the princes is a fucking massive pedophile and the other one is an insufferable prick and was revealed to be a racist against his own grandchild or own, yeah, grandson. So they're, you know, trying to be the fun royals every once in a while. So (laughs) they let Darren O'Grady, who served as the queen's personal chef for 15 years, reveal some of her food preferences. (laughs) So one thing... He says that the queen tried to avoid fast food at all costs. No shit. How the I, royal family didn't they weren't they franchisees of McDonald's? Probably. Oh, really? But like yeah. only in the way that like some money manager like uh, you right, know, right, right. It's part of their portfolio. Of their, yeah. yeah. But he labeled uh, something. He labeled her guilty pleasure was a bunless venison burger, freshly shot. Might I add, stuffed nope. with beautiful. Likely freshly picked cranberries. That is so Hannibal oh. Lecter. <laughs> freshly shot is such a fucking just so. It's like very King Leopold's what? ghost. Like it's, it reminds me like of colonization. I'm like you are violent family. Yeah, just if you could capture some of the last dying breaths of the deer in a in a little basket <laughs> and put put it on, yeah. next to it as a garnish, I would love like to just bleeding. inhale that. As it yeah. grows out. Right. It sounds like some like new like level of uh, like gastronomic science where, you know, like El Bulli was like, and this is a pea shoot foam. And they're like, we've created a wonderful uh, foam based off of the soul escaping. This is Bambi's essence. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> These are the tears of the baby deer that watched us shoot the mom. <laughs> 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 we created, created a sea we fried that made of that. That's this that's actually we use that to make the salt on these chips that yeah. we're now eating. But yeah, so she eats that. If if I ate that, I would be like, Okay, I ate my health food for the week. She ate that and is like, You are so bad. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> she's like looking in the mirror she's oh, like mm-hmm. oh my goodness a moment on the lips forever on the lips <laughs> yeah she's like come on elizabeth nothing tastes as good as skinny feels let's go <laughs> the this reminds me of uh this mark mcguire interview that i remember from when i was a child and he was like chasing the home run title that year and everyone was obsessed with him and i had this very specific moment where he was being interviewed on like Sports Center, and they were like, "What's your guilty pleasure?" And he was like, and like with a like wry smile on his face, like, "Man, I am about to reveal something to you guys." He said he likes to have a great workout in the morning, then have a <laughs> cup of Starbucks coffee and a plain donut. And he emphasized a plain donut, like repeatedly and i was like i fucking hate this guy i immediately turned on him i wanted him to fail like from that moment forward yeah just the the idea of somebody not even being able to admit to a guilty pleasure or alternately not even having a guilty pleasure that is worth like talking about is or creates common ground yeah yeah it's so fucking depressing 
who's ever eaten a, who's ever even had a burger stuffed with cranberries like mm. just from there forget you must the freshly try. shot venison also the, like, the bunless i'm like you're whatever 95 years old why not just not go burger. for it like who are we staying in shape for it's such like sort of a soulless yeah. experience like you yeah. have such limited time enjoy every meal that you have left have right, something fun. right right yeah i want to i want her to be like Man, I'll eat like 14 pounds of crawfish. Yes, you know, exactly. Like, oh, I want her to be okay. like, I will have five beers and then a marshmallow and I'll go to bed. <laughs> Every night. Every, Every night. night. That's what keeps me healthy and young. Yeah. I look, I look at a map, a historical map of the British Empire, <laughs> down three Mickeys and eat five marshmallows. I'm good. Yeah. Like that's a, the greats. Like Michael Jordan used to like drink a case of beer on the golf course, eat an entire pepperoni pizza, drink a scotch, smoke a cigar, and then go out and like hang right. 45 on the Knicks. And like, oh my God, that Elvis, feels Babe like Ruth, that gives me a like, tummy ache to think about. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> but his body was just like a machine. Yeah. That's uh, sort of like somehow. Yeah. When I was in high school, on I was on the cross country team and in college too. And sometimes the team would get like really big burritos before we would go to practice. And at least two girls would always throw up because <laughs> it just like wasn't enough time to digest right. yeah. all the food. But we were kids and we like didn't understand that. <laughs> right, you like got to load up. We got yeah, we got to yeah, run yeah, yeah, four yeah. miles in t- in fifteen minutes. Exactly, exactly. We would eat like huge burritos and then go run ten miles, and right. s- somebody would always get so sick. Oh, oh my God. wait, you said somehow I was on the cross country t- team. What do you mean? Like you, you never wanted to and you, or you ended up having a knack for it? Oh, no. At my high school, we had to be on a sports team. Oh, so shit. you just okay. picked whichever one seemed the easiest. Damn, cross country would not like run long. I'd be like, mm. it's like soccer, field right. hockey. Where you have to yeah. talk to people. That's why yeah. I did cross country. I oh. did cross country, too. Exactly. It's sort of a yeah. loner's sport. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause like our, like I remember my high school, like our like star cross country person talked to no one and was yeah. like really smart, like went to like, you know, really good school after, but it was like, dude, John, he's, he's a machine out there mm-hmm. that no one knows anything about. Also, yeah. you get to be in nature. Like the meats are like, just it is really nice. In the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I would nice highly recommend that as like a sport. If you don't already have a dude, like, not LA, sport. not it's LA. Like, Yo, run down fucking Ventura to Woodman. Right. Like, yo, what? I do sometimes yeah, you do see, see the... high school teams, and I'm like, yeah. that's brutal. That is brutal. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's, yeah. That's cross county. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to roll but... down my window and boo. Yeah. Like, boo. You guys suck. Hey, this, this, I'm just looking at the time, man. This ain't a PR, in yeah, case exactly. you're wondering. Exactly. <laughs> What about uh you guys? I guess yeah. The the guilty pleasures. Do you have any guilty pleasures that you feel arise to the thing of like, holy shit? Okay, that's it. I mean, Mountain Dew is mine. That I think people mm. like it. I it doesn't really qualify as a guilty pleasure in some parts of the country, but in right. Los Angeles, people are like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, I'll yeah. you know, or house an entire Domino's pizza, or you know, a pint of ice cream, any of the above. The concept maybe just seems, I think I've just, I've accepted all the shit that I can Yeah, consume, the concept so seems sort of faulty. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Like, cause like, I mean, and, and you drinking Mountain Dew, I'm like, that's just you, Jack. You contain multitudes. Right. I will that's say I, I worked at a bakery for a while and we used to use Mountain Dew to clean the ovens because it was so corrosive. <laughs> nice. So, oh, yeah. something I mean, to think that just about. makes me <laughs> want to do it more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I guess maybe the, 
my weed smoking is a guilty pleasure. But even then, I'm like, <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, that's just what I do. Also, yeah, life is do, hard. Baby. You know what I mean? How about it? Yeah. And even yeah. then, like, I got my shit together. Like, I didn't, you know, been smoking weed for a minute. And I didn't fuck up my grades or my ability to, you know, abide by societal norms. Okay, you guys. What's the thing you like to do that makes you okay. like yourself less? <laughs> <laughs> I that's, like think that's really funny and saying I also i'm a think, podcaster out yeah loud. right <laughs> the, i feel like a guilty pleasure is like something that brings the wrong people money that you like to do anyway right. like maybe mm. go to chick-fil-a or like i really like yeah. the real housewives right. franchise even though it's yes. evil and they give women like alcoholism but mm-hmm. you know yeah. i'm only human but they have money they so have money kind of offsets it yeah, yeah. i can yeah. do that what is mine? Yeah, probably sneakers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we multinational uh, apparel companies are far from uh, the do-gooders on this planet. But there is something where the sneakers call to me. But, you know, it, it, it definitely, like, uh, I think less than it was normally. I think as I just get older, I'm like, I, I just want to, like, experience shit kind of over, like, pulling up in, like, the freshest sneakers all the time that used to kind of be my whole shit like in my 20s or like killing an old person that's sort of a guilty right, pleasure right, right. although well, some old people fair game right, right. Yeah. yeah 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 but like the good ones who still are like have some fight in them you know yeah yeah that is both more pleasurable and also makes you feel a little bit better <laughs> yeah you're best in them getting a workout <laughs> all right let's talk about uh the scream franchise they're back baby oh. i haven't watched any scream movies since scream 2 i don't think oh shit. this is scream 5 i think yeah it's titled scream even though they already Love did that it. yeah what do you do put an asterisk by it like on imdb i guess they just have to put the year next to it like scream 98 yeah. or 97 like you or usually got to do something 22. like put a three in there or i don't know oh like scr3 am yeah although that would be the confusing fifth one. then it would seem it was like the yeah 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 five cream <laughs> five cream <laughs> five uh, cream yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the new Nailed five it. cream called dimension films marketing department but yeah, this one is apparently, uh, without spoiling anything, the kind of meta target of this one is like toxic online fandom, which I guess kind of. So obviously, everyone like the toxic online fandom community is like, shut the fuck up. Scream's <laughs> woke. You ruined Scream by that's being so woke. Funny. That's so funny. And. Yeah. Oh, because like the 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 main bad guy is like some person who's just a fan of the stab world, right? Yeah. So apparently, and I didn't remember any of this shit. For, but like, so the, uh, Scream Two takes place in a in a world where the after the events of Scream One, they made a movie called Stab that is like the inspired by that, but it's a slasher movie. And then so now inside this world, like somebody is responding to the stab movies, but like angrily. And they even got the stab movie that the online toxic fan bros are mad at to be directed inside the movie by Ryan Johnson, which is pretty funny because he directed the (laughs) Star Wars movie that everybody was so mad at. Right. And yeah, I don't know. Acting like this is a change or like that Scream suddenly got woke is fucking stupid because they've, you know, the 
mid nineties, like screams were about like how the the media was stupid and exploitative and you know focusing mainly on shitty right-wing media and that's i don't know which i didn't really get at the time but now when you look back it's like yeah the courtney cox character is like you know looks down her nose at horror slasher movies but then is making like news stories that are basically like sensationalizing murders right so i don't know i mean you know there's also just like i think it also just played with like all the tropes and horror too like you know and was just having more fun with it than i think the traditional you know slasher flick but i don't know like it just seems so weird to be like this stabbing movies like all woke <laughs> she like that's that's what you're parsing through? yeah like, and i'm also just like shut up just stop right. stop complaining <laughs> right I mean, it must look like the walls are just closing in for those people for those if people. they like they have to look at everything. And be like, it's too woke. It's an invented problem. Yeah, it's sort yeah. Of a, it's a boogeyman. I mean, it's to me, it's not much different than like the Satanic Panic, where people are like playing CDs backwards to hear the devil or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, because it is an effective like you know rallying. Yes. Point cry. Yeah, for, and then also it's culture. like in a way that even affects like liberals and neoliberals where it's like i feel like i can't go a day without hearing some clip from like a van jones podcast about cancel culture do you know what i mean right right and i'm like why are we giving this air (laughs) it doesn't exist van jones he was part of the obama administration so if he's saying cancel culture there's a problem like i'm gonna i'm gonna take that on he's got some great takes i know but then it's also like okay is somebody in the obama administration the most left person that we can find Yeah, according to the mainstream media. According to them. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is like, I feel like. that's why we're fucked. That is why we're (laughs) fucked because it's, we're not even really engaging with progressive politics or ideas. Like we're not even able to have that discussion yet. And it's like, it's something I'm thinking about a a lot lately is how frustrating it is to run into like, oh, conversations about progressive politics in America when progressive politics in America, like, don't exist. Like, yeah. it's so it's so yeah. radical to be like, school lunch should be free. Right. So it's like, yeah. even the most left party in America is still, you know, center. Center right. You're like, what? Center right. Yes, yeah. yes absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And in any other country, like, the discussions are just different. And so it's so, I feel like leftism in, leftism in America is having a real... It feels like we're like white knuckling and just clawing on for all that we can. Yeah. yeah. Throughout and the I, entire history of the country. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But I mean, I think about like, I just feel like labor movements used to be so much more serious than they are now. Like, I felt like this was such a good, I was like so hopeful in the last two years for like something to shift in labor. It was such like a moment. And now I see it sort of slipping away. Mm. Yeah. I'm still yeah. hopeful, but I don't know. I think. It's like a combination of the moment and the right set of like messaging and personalities that kind of that are going to bring people into the fold yeah. because there isn't really and and you know I think the mainstream media and the corporatocracy that we live in at large does a good job of sanitizing the landscape to make sure that voices like that aren't getting a ton of airtime and if they are it's in very like niche spaces but I think like it's almost like you know you need people to to sort of covertly, you know, use these talking points without like, sort of decoupling them from people's like, you know, accepted political vocabulary to just be like on a basic level. Should everybody be able to go to the doctor if they're sick? Right. Yeah. And don't say 
Medicare for yeah. all, you know, and just say on a basic level, should you go become absolutely destitute because you wanted an education? Does that seem that or is education or not a right? Like, or what, what are we saying here? Like those things, but it's, it's just so difficult because there's so much messaging on the other side to immediately be like, oh, what, you want to give everything away for free? That's not what I said. Yeah. I said little and kids shouldn't like, have yeah. their stomachs So what if I do want to give everything away for free? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, who give, I mean, it's just a whole thing. Right. That's why, yeah, just come out with everything. Be like, yo, I'm here. Free everything for everyone. Yeah. I'm swinging for the rafters. That is sort of how yeah. I'm getting in my old age where I'm sort of like, yeah, well, what if life is just easy? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but my grandparents. But it wouldn't be fair to me, a dying old man. Yeah. Who and I'm hated like, his I'm life. sorry that you had a bad <laughs> right. life. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry that you had a bad life, but that should radicalize you instead of, you know, cementing the way that you feel right. about the world. Right. right. Do you look at your, I mean, because I mean, it's funny, though, too, because there are we do have those conversations intergenerationally where like grandparents will like start, you know, speaking critically of their like grandchildren. like, oh, you guys have it so easy. Yeah. It's like, didn't you dream of that for like, don't you want better for your generations or you just wanted to be like, I I went through the most shit and we're going to keep it that way. I'm champion of, you know, enduring (laughs) the bullshit. Yeah, I do think I think you have both the older generation that is slowly dying off and like socialism and leftism is like much more popular with young people. You also have like, I really think the like Ivy League educated and like, you know, the the people who who come out of Ivy League colleges every year and like go work for Morgan Stanley and, you know, like all these fucking banking, like massive banks, like they also have that have that same attitude of like, well, I paid and like my parents paid like this hundreds of thousands of dollars. And like, I know all this stuff. So, like, it's not as simple as you think. And it's like, well, maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, that's the tough part about meeting young conservatives or people who are not would not consider themselves conservatives, but would are like a neoliberal sort of like capitalism pilled, as it were, is that it's going to take so much unlearning for them to be on our page. And we as a movement need to make sure that we're keeping space for that. Otherwise, we're never going to bring anybody over. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I I honestly I feel like the most I've seen in terms of just even in my friend group or like, you know, social cohort from like kids I went to school with, it it's happened pretty naturally just by them observing things more. Like they before been like, My dad worked for Warner Brothers and my mom was a bank manager. And now they're like, Yo, fuck twelve, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a fucking like let me get my fucking, you know, they're they're like on their 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 political ideology has shifted a lot because some are working in industries where they're like, this is absolute bullshit, like what I'm seeing. And so I feel like some of it is what well, it seems to be happening experientially. But, yeah, there is watching that evolution happen isn't going to happen by just dragging people to the other side more. So, like, it's going to it has to be a little more like lived, you know? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, really as things why. get worse, I think it will become lived for a lot of people and people who considered yeah. their class status safe are going to really challenge that i'm going to have to challenge that idea yeah yep i i do worry that it's where the one 
group that seems to have a clear path of like, okay, so everything's desperate and doesn't work anymore. So what are we going to do with like the public outrage seems to be the fascists. Mm, So true. Somewhat worrying. But we'll cover that on future episodes. Uh, Ellery. From our prison cells. <laughs> Ellery, such a pleasure having you, as Thank always. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? You can find me on Instagram at Ellery underscore Smith. Yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you've been enjoying? Yeah, I saw this tweet this week. It's from Sophie from Mars, Sophie underscore from FRM underscore Mars. And it says me, an Oompa Loompa, watching a kid with a personality disorder rock up to the candy factory where I'm an indentured servant. Yeah, man, this kid's going to get stretched for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. And if you like terrible reality television like 90 Day Fiance or Married at First Sight, come check out 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I. Um, let's see. A couple of tweets I like. First one is from Trash Jones at Jay Zucks uh, tweeting. Being an adult is wild because you'll just be crying in your room. And five minutes later, boom, you're on a work call. <laughs> so real uh and another one from uh, yadoye at yadoye underscore uh tweeted i'm so fucking embarrassed man a lady on the train asked me what grade i'm in and i said oh i'm a grown man <laughs> <laughs> i saw that tweet <laughs> <laughs> what grade are you in oh i'm a grown, I'm a grown man. man really <laughs> he's also like grown grown like he's not 21 <laughs> yeah right yeah. exactly no, he's- <laughs> I think it's yeah. He's just you know he, that's his 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 uh his boyish appeal. He's vibe. He's a boyish vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Tweet I've been enjoying Stephen Wilbur, uh, guest from a couple days ago for the uh, photo from the episode. Oh man, go, just go check it out. We'll, we'll link off to it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> he's a he's a real fucking weirdo. <laughs> And then I also enjoyed a tweet from Buffalo Jill tweeted, Breaking, shortly after a divorce announcement, Jason Momoa seen holding hands with Pete Davidson outside popular <laughs> L.A. eatery. Uh, and I had to go check. I didn't know if that was true. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy today? Okay, this is a, a remix of Sad Girls Love Money. Uh, it's a track with uh, Amare, Kali Uchis, who I absolutely love, Molly, and it's a remix by Virgo Deep. It's the Virgo Deep remix of Sad Girls Love Money. And it's just like, it's, it's like a sexy song. It's got good beats to it. And the vocals are really great. So it just, it gets you moving. You know, your hips will be swaying at the very least. And uh, why not take this into the start of your week? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.